are um, we've been we've been looking uh, we've been looking at at the book of Psalms, and so you have uh, you know we have slogged through a few things. As some of it has been. Um, hopefully, hopefully you've learned some things about the book of Psalms and it's been beneficial to you. Um, what, here's my intention. I mean, I could do, um, I, we could do Psalms for a long, long time. I got, I've got like tons of material on the, on the book of Psalms, but I'm, we're not going to do that. So what I'm going to do, and you say, was there an amen somewhere? I don't know if there was an amen or not, but that, that'd be okay. That'd be okay if there was. So what I want to do is I want to I want to today and next Sunday I think this will we'll be able to do this in two weeks, but I want to look at the at Psalm one, and and then we're going to be done we're going to be done with the Book of Psalms. So whatever else happens, that's going to that's we're going to we're going to finish the Book of Psalms. So hopefully you remember how do you how do you when you come to a, a come to a Psalm how do you process it. How do you think through, uh, how, do you, how do you come to understand it? Now, what I want you to do is I want you to take, take your page, take your notes, and turn them upside down. Okay? And, and so, um, I, I wonder, I think we asked this before. So, if, if there, is there somebody who would be brave enough uh, to give us Psalm 1 memorized? Someone's memorized Psalm 1? Okay, I think you actually gave it to us earlier, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if there's, is there anybody else that's memorized Psalm 1? Okay, now, what I want you to do, what I, I'm going to give you an, a, a kind of a long-range assignment. Psalm 1 is a great psalm to memorize. It's only six verses. It follows a pretty reasonable pattern, but I would encourage you to, uh, to, 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 to try to memorize Psalm 1. And, and then, then, you know, what you can say is, I have memorized a chapter out of the Bible, Right? I mean, that's a... Oh, okay, all right. So, uh, let's see. I'll try it. Let me, let me see if I can... I, have a, I didn't refresh myself in this um, beyond just prepping for this, but I didn't try to say it previously. So, uh, let's see. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the seat of, the, of sinners, nor... Um, sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season, and its fruit shall not wither. Its leaf shall not wither. Okay, thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. I still am counting it as 100%, but that's okay, that's all right. Um, the ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff that the wind drives away. Uh, therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sit in the seat, nor sinners in the seat of in the congregation of the righteous. How's that? Okay. Uh, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the sinner will ungodly shall perish. You know, here's what the problem. Okay, so we had a guy. We had a guy come to the school. I've actually met him a few times, and he was also at Central when we were there. And he memorizes huge portions of Scripture. So, like, he will actually recite. Um, like the book of John. And, and he doesn't want you actually to follow, like, like, you know, hold to have the Bible open and follow him. He doesn't actually want you to do that. And it's not because he's, so you can check up on him, but he just wants you to enjoy the listening, the listening to God's word. 
But so, so what, you know, we ask him the question, um, how do you do that? You know, how do you do that? So you know what the first thing he says? The very first thing he says is use one translation all the time. So whatever, whatever you, whatever it is, don't don't switch translations. And so some of some of what my problem was just when I'm what, in doing that is I've got like four translations that I interact with regularly. And so as soon as he said he said one of the worst things you can do to try to memorize portions of scripture is to use variety in your translations because it just you know it you get you get all kinds of confused. And so what I so I gave you my I I mean I've memorized someone in a King James but I didn't use um you know the King James language so I've already you know that's it's, it's just it's it's hard when you don't use the same translation but Anyway, try to memorize, try to memorize. If I brushed up on it just a little bit, I could have done a better job. But um, Psalm 1 would be a great thing to memorize. Now, so what I want you to think. So Psalm 1, just to short circuit this a little bit. Psalm 1, we don't have an author. And and we don't have a background. So there isn't really any way of trying to figure out What's the what's the perspective? And there isn't there isn't any there isn't any narrative story. There's not a storyline in 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 it. And you're supposed to have your notes upside down. I love you, man. <laughs> Family, are you from <laughs> the, cra- the crazy one? The crazy one. Okay, okay. So, uh, in your Bible, look at Psalm. Look at Psalm one, and just think with me about where we would divide. If you're, if we're looking for structure, remember last week we talked about structure, and we talked about how do you think through. So, where is the structure of of Psalm 1. So just, where would you, where, how would you, if you're, just think with me about an outline, if you're going to try to outline this. Okay, so verses 1 through 3 talks about the blessed man, or the righteous man. Okay? And so then verses 4 through 6, while there's, you have a little bit, verses Verse 4 is about the wicked. Verses 4 and 5, you have wicked and righteous in both verses, I think, both, both verses. So, but but, a, but a, a good dividing line is verses 1 through 3, and then verses 4 through 6. Okay, so now turn your, turn it over. <laughs> uh. I can see that. I can see that. So, (laughs) 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 okay. So, um, so we, I, I actually want to get through this by next week. So we actually need to, we actually need to be a little, a little, a little productive here. So, um, so we've we've talked about this that it's positioned as an introduction to the book along with Psalm two, and I have postulated with you why. At least I've asked the question. Psalm one is about men. It's really it's a it's really a man centered psalm, and two is really centered on God. 
And so why, why are they in this order? And so I, I, you know, Psalm 1 deals with the righteous and the wicked. Psalm 2 deals with the nations, in particular the, the nations in relationship to God. And, and so uh, what is interesting, and maybe some of the answer is to that question is why they're in this order, is the comparisons between Psalm 1 and Psalm 2. So Psalm 1... Psalm 1 begins with a blessing. Psalm 2 ends with a blessing. So, yeah, so um, that's, that's actually a, that's a, that is a, a, a figure of speech. It's a, it's, a, it's a construct that is called an inclusio. So it's, a, it's, a, it's built like a, like a literary unit. So, yeah, Kevin? Well, I mean, you could you could you could talk about the justification, uh, 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 but I I think if I was doing it, if I was if you know if you had me doing it, it just topic wise, I would always start with God. So you know when we talk about so for example in theology there are there are ten doctrines in theology. Did you know you realize that there's ten ten doctrines. The first one deals with the Bible because that's really the foundation of everything else. But what is, you know, where does theology begin to talk about the order of theology? Well, the, the, the next item we talk about is called theology proper, which is the doctrine of God. Do you know what the next one is? Christology. Do you know what the next one is? Pneumatology. Okay, so what we do in theology is we start, okay, so the Bible is the foundation of how we get to truth, but then when we're talking about theology, we start with God. But, you know, Psalms starts with man. So, you know, so here's, here's three, let me, let me draw, draw three things. What, one is this idea of, well, that's really four things, but if if the intention of the Psalms is to demonstrate that the unit is working together, if this is actually a correct observation, which I think it is, the only way you get this, uh, this dynamic where you have uh, the same phrasing in the front as in the back with the two Psalms together is if you have them in this order. You, you know, it doesn't work if you flip Psalm, and Psalm 2 is first and Psalm 1 is second. You lose this. So, you know, I'm, I am, I am um, fairly certain, which doesn't mean a whole lot, but I think it, I've, I'm fairly certain that this is, this is part of the reason why they're in this order is because of, because of what this, this poetic device that's, that's being used. Now, I want you to see three, three words that are used. One is meditating. And, and um, what, is, what is intriguing, so you, you got Psalm 1 open. I closed my, for some reason I got my Bible closed. So Psalm 1. We're going to look, we'll look a little bit more closely at this. But Psalm, Psalm 1 um, verse 2, in his law he meditates day and night. It is the same word that is used in chapter 2, verse 1. Why do the nations rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The word, the word conspire. Uh, why do they the, the the vain the vanity the conspiring the why do they why do they conspire against God, and it's actually the same word, 
What is interesting, I'll talk more about what, it, what the word means when we get a little bit further into Psalm 1. But, but there's a... Um, What the, what the righteous are to do with the Word of God in a positive way is representative of, of a negative action in the next psalm. Okay, then the second, the second main thing here is the word way in, in verse 6, but the, but the way of the wicked will perish. And then in two, chapter 2, verse 12, or Psalm 2, verse 12, they're actually not chapters. So you want to you want to be a little careful that you're not, you know. I, I say I've, I I've already made the mistake once today, maybe maybe more than once. But it's not really a chapter; it's really a psalm. In the whole context, we could call it a chapter, but it really in the book, is it warm in here? Wow! I just yeah. So I'm okay. I'll survive. So, so in, in uh, chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, be, de- be destroyed in the way. And so understand that's the, that's the same word. And then we have, again, we have the, uh, the, the judgment word. It's the same word. So verse 6, the way of the wicked will perish. And then in 2.12, lest you be destroyed in your way. So there is a, King James is perish. So the, the, the idea, there, there's, there's a similar vocabulary that is shared between the two. And, and so as an observation, now I do, I do give you the, the um, I'm just, I, I took that out of your notes because you have your Bibles open in front of you. So as an observation, so blessed, which is a, a beatitude, um, as it ends in verse in in, in verse uh, 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 Psalm two, so you have the last line of Psalm two: "Blessed are all those who put their trust in Him." And then in in uh, Psalm one one, "Blessed is the man." So we have this this uh, similarity. Um, there there is a. Um, Uh, it, 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 I think you probably see it more in the Beatitudes, uh, which is part of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew five, where there's an, a, there are translations that translate the word "blessed" because you know what, is, what does "blessed" mean? So there are there are people who are translating the Beatitudes with the word "happy." Happy is the man who. You know, and so um, do I, I. I don't. I doubt there's anybody. I, I don't. I don't know if there's a translation that uses uses hap in in Psalm one one. Okay. All right. All right. That's it. well. Thank you. What JPS is. Okay, so what do we think about that? What do we think? What do we think about translating "blessed" as "happy"? You probably, you know, Pastor Dean, you probably have interacted with that some in the in more in the beatitude part of it. So, yeah, right. Well, let me ask. Let me let me ask. Let me ask you this. So, so the idea, the idea of does anybody know the background of the word "happy" in English? Anybody have any idea where it comes from? So it's it's related. It's related to the word for happenstance. You know. So, you know, what is happenstance? Well, happenstance has to do with your circumstances. It has to do with. My circumstances flowed in my favor, so I'm happy. And 
you know, maybe this maybe this relates a little bit to um, you know the the series on Job. Maybe there's a you know there's some somehow there's a connection here to this. But the idea the idea of um, because my circumstances flowed in my favor, I, I'm happy. And yet, I think that the idea is, you know, was Job having a good time? You know, was Job, was Job loving the experience of, you know, the book of Job? I, 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 don't think, I don't think he was having a really good time. And so, I think that, I think the idea of blessed, I, I, would, I would vote against happy, as a translation, because I think blessedness doesn't connect to our circumstances. If if we if we had to have the circumstances, you know, then the, flow in the right direction. That Job is happy in chapter one, and he's happy in chapter forty-two, but in the you know everything in the middle, he's not you know. So if that's blessed, so was Job blessed in chapter 2 is job can job be a blessed man in the middle of all of his trial and you know let's ask the guy that just preached the book yes i think yeah i think i think so i think so and so i think you know happy happy to me leaves it's like it's like eating Chinese food. You know, it works for a few minutes, but then you're hungry. You're hungry not very long after you're still hungry. Although that's not how I eat Chinese food. But <laughs> yeah, Kevin. Yeah, I just disagree with that. Okay. I just think, you know, I think, I think there's, you're making the point for using the word happy, and I think it falls short. Because I think the idea of blessed, um, now granted, you, you know, if you go to the, the, you know, go down to the average person on the street and you ask, well, what does blessed mean? And, you know, it's like, I have no idea. Well, okay, but there are other terms in the Bible where you have to actually explain what they are. So give it a shot, Ryan. Let's see what else you got. Did you look something else up in your phone? <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know that I would look at, I, that's interesting that you're looking at it in a time frame, but I, the way I would describe it, it's not so much about time, but it's more about my circumstances. So like, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing quite as happy as bringing a newborn baby home healthy, mom's healthy. I mean, that's, that's you know, holding it in the, in the hospital. I mean, that's the, that's the essence of happiness and then you get the first dirty diaper. <laughs> you know, and so what's, you know, what's happening there? Is that, are we still happy? So, <laughs> it's a blessing. It, but that, you know, the, the, the blessing is the system's working. <laughs> you know, so, and so we're, you know, we're, 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 we're you know, maybe you could be happy the blessing, that the, 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 the system's working, but Yes.
and I and I think we can be blessed. You know, you, the, the the Psalm one, blessed is the man. You can be blessed regardless of what the situations are, and and that it is it is a recognition. It's a little bit like Thanksgiving. You know, if you it, it, we have a country that you know they just went, we just went through Thanksgiving, and people are giving thanks, and they have no concept of giving thanks to God, but to give thanks means you are you are acknowledging something other than yourself produced what you have. The good comparison, yeah. 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 So I'm not happy. I think the NIV, the NIV for example, translates uh, uh, happiness in the in for for the word blessed in um, in, in the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. And I, to me, that leaves me empty. It leaves. I think there's a. I'm just. I'm dissatisfied with that. I think. I, I think for the reasons we've we've discussed. So the word, the word, um, um, what is intriguing is that the the very first words of the largest book in the Bible are negative. You know, we are we are uh, as a church. I'm not saying this church, but generally, you know, the church at large doesn't like negatives. You know, everything's got to be happy, positive. Um, it's interesting that the first three words begin with the first letter of the Hebrew alphabet. So why would they do that? Why? That's intentional. By the way, that's an intentional construct in the Hebrew. The first three words of the Hebrew, verse 1, start with the first Hebrew alphabet. For alphabet letter. Now you don't see that. We lose that in English. That's just completely lost in English. But why would you do that? Possibly. Possibly. Who's going to say that? Uh, you're too late. You're too late. You're too, you're, you, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I, I, I think it's probably. <laughs> no, I think that's. I think that's probably. I, I, that's what I would guess is what it is. Is the 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 book of Psalms? You have to understand the Bible as a whole is written in a day and age in which. It's virtually impossible to have your own copy, especially in the Old Testament. You would, you, you know, there were there were very few Old Testament copies of the scriptures, and those that were there were in very limited, you know, places. And so, um, so you'd listen. You know, you, 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 the average Jewish person would listen to the to Psalm one being recited. And is there a way for us to help them? Figure it out, and so you know I can I can I can, I can recite Psalm one, okay, albeit poorly today, but I can I can recite Psalm one in a part because I understand the way it's constructed, and and I can think through I could think through what each of the verses are doing, and even though I you know it's not it's not it's not perfect, but but you know what if I if I didn't have Psalm one in a written form, and it's not you, you know I can't look it up on my on my smartphone. 
it means a lot more for me to memorize it. And so if, if and I think that's some of what is happening is there was a, in order to help us memorize, there was this, this was, and those other things might, they might be true, but I think it's primarily, you know, if you know the first three letters start with an A, the first three words start, all start with an A. Now, it wouldn't work in English. In English, it'd be, you know, it'd be kind of a, kind of, um, it'd be, 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 more of a joke than anything else. But in Hebrew, it's not a hard thing to do. So, so this is a question about Israeli memorization. Since all the, since most of the, the sacred writings were stored in the temple following the Ark of the Covenant, where would, um, and some of the, did the Levites uh, in, their, in their Levitical cities throughout the, throughout the tribes of Israel, did they It has to be, yeah. So, uh, you, um, you know, we we think we think of we are we are not an oral culture, but there are many cultures of the past who are oral cultures, and so they 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 live with memorization, and so they have they you know the more you memorize, the better you are at it, and so there was a a priority placed on the reading of the scriptures. So, so there were three pilgrimage feasts where all the men of Israel were to travel to, to Jerusalem and, and, and be there for the feasts. What would they do? You know, you just, you know, is it a, you know, is it a hang out and have a party? Is it, you know, what do you do? Well, there's a, there, there's a prescribed worship. But one of the things I think they would do is they would read scripture, they would they would they would take time and they would read it and and so maybe it was done in a way that would allow them to help them memorize but it's a it was a culture that's based on on oral tradition and and memorization i mean we have cultures in america like the indian cultures in america are um, you know they didn't they didn't write down so what they you know what did you, what do you have does anybody, anybody study Indian culture? I mean, they would take, for example, they would take uh, cloth, and they would they would write they would write, but they would they would they would sew, for example, um, in two thousand in two thousand twenty. Um, that was the you know they make a symbol or something for illness. You know, two thousand twenty was the was the year the year of COVID. And so then, then the person who's charged, usually in an Indian tribe, it was one person who was charged with caring for the oral culture of that, of that story. And, and so every year would have a different primary memory of, of, what, of, of what the... Well, that's a little bit like how they would have memorized it. And they might have, you know, they might have... Uh, written down like a key word or key phrasing, but they would, they, it, the memorizing was an important part of how, how they functioned. And so you have now these three representative actions referring to a way of living, which is, which is a, a, a called a, a merism, but that's, we'll, we'll, go by, we'll go by that. So what I want you to see, and you're in your... This is this is an outline that I have I've used I preached I've preached this outline out of out of uh, Psalm um, Psalm one which which I would call um, a tale of two men. So you have the righteous and you have the wicked, and what you what what is interesting about Psalm one is it's a theological psalm has some instruction in it. But it's it's primarily a theological description. There's no there's no background. There's no um, there's no historical context. This is a this is kind of a, a a baseline for understanding what righteous and right what wickedness is in mankind. So you have the way of the godly man. It's negative state statelet. Uh, walk not, stand not, sit not. Then we have the positively stated in verses two and three. 
His delight is in the law of the Lord. His, this is where his pleasure is. His prosperity. And, um, and then, then we have the way of the wicked. In verses 4 through 6. So we have his value. You know, what is his value? His value is like chaff. I'll give you more, more of this in, in uh, it's going to be next week. His judgment and then his end. And so you have now the, 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 the statement of, of, what is, of what is happening. Now, I'm going, to, I'm going to do this. I think we can get through this. And um, So in verse 1, you note the progression. So you have, you have um, walk not, stand not, and then sit not. So you have walk not in the counsel of the ungodly or wicked. Stand not in the way of sinners. Sit not in the seat of scoffers. And so what you have, though, is you have a progression that goes from walking to standing to sitting. Okay, you see that you see that progression. So there is a there is a development, but but it's not that's not the only part of 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 understanding because the counsel you go from counsel, which is advice, you know, it's the the wisdom the wisdom of the world, or to the way which has to do with with conduct. Okay, the, the walking is um, walking, and, and, and the way here, uh, perhaps somewhat related, but the, but the way, and then the seat has to do really with participation. Okay, so you are you have gone from listening to them to to maybe living like them, and now you are promoting them. Okay, so and then you have, then you have the, the wicked, to sinners, to scoffers, and there's a heightening at each step, as to each step is is a, a more profoundly uh, stepping away from God's walking and God's word than the than the previous. So now you have three blanks. By the way, these are the only blanks on your paper. You're, you're welcome. Okay, so I would say I would say this is the first one has to do with believing. So walk not in the counsel of the wicked. Are you going to listen and 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 think through and agree with what the world is talking about, what the wicked people are talking about? The second has to do with behaving. So it has to do with my my actions. Am I going to? I I'm no longer. I'm not just listening to them but now i'm going to i'm going to act in certain ways and then then the last one has to do with belonging and so there is a there is a noted progression where where the 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 blessed man does not it, go down this path where where we are moving from we are moving from not just listening to the world, not just trying to act like the world, but now we're actually promoting the world and we're part of the world and we are we are engaging in what the world has to do. So the 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 blessed man, the righteous man, doesn't do these things. So it's not just it's not just that we reject being part of you know the belonging part, but it's the behaving part and it's the believing part. So um, you know I, I had a um, when I was when I was uh, a few years into my ministry in New Jersey, we were five miles from the from the University of Princeton, Princeton University, and. And five miles from Princeton Theological Seminary, and I was uh, I was trying to think through how to get more education, and I, I thought about working on a doctorate. And here I am, 
five miles from one of the premier universities and theological schools with a you know worldwide worldwide reputation. And so I thought, you know, how about if I went down now I realize Princeton Seminary is not a conservative seminary. Um, but I wasn't going to go, the likelihood is I wasn't going to go to a seminary that we agree with. I mean, there are, there are one, of the things, one of the things in higher education, in higher education, sometimes we go and we participate in, in, a, in, a, in a school that we don't necessarily always agree with. For example, Dr. Myron, who's now, you know, dead, so he's not here to defend himself, but Dr. Myron went, and he has he has a he has a doctorate from. Is it an Episcopal school? I can't I can't remember. I have to think about it a little bit. But he was. I mean, Dr. Myron was noted for for engaging, uh, and in his classes, he he would give when he's talking about Lutherans. He would he would give arguments that the Lutherans used to for the he wouldn't you know build a straw man and say you know but he was he was very good at looking at doctrine from the other side before he answers it from the biblical in a biblical way and so I floated this by my church I thought so I thought okay so what you know what would my church say I mean this is a church that's lived five miles away from you know, this, uh, this Princeton, Princeton Seminary. And um, um, this is what my church said to me. This is what I thought this was, I thought this was quite insightful. And so they, they, they said, well, Pastor, how can, you, how can you do that when Psalm 1-1 says, um, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly? Uh, okay, this isn't going to work. <laughs> so, so I ended up going to, um, I mean, the Princeton University is a Presbyterian, uh, liberal denomination, Presbyterian school. So I went, I ended up going, they were, they were willing to let me go to another Presbyterian school that's a very conservative denomination. <laughs> so I ended up, I, I ended up going to a, uh, uh, another Presbyterian school, anyway. But, but, but that, I mean, do we take this? Do we? You know, are we actually listening to the to the verse? And I think that there's a point to where we have to we have to acknowledge how does this verse work its way into our everyday lives? You know, how do we? How do we? You know, we are. Are we going to be like the Amish who turn off electricity? Turn off TVs and radios, and you know, disconnect from the world. So we're gonna. We're. By the way, this is a primary verse that the that, that the that the Amish would use. Another another primary verse is "Come out from among them and be separate," saith the Lord. That would be another primary verse. But you know, are, are you going to? Are, you know, is that what we think we ought to do? Are we going to disconnect? So that we are not engaging the wicked, the sinners, and the scoffers. Well, that isn't how we. That's, that's not really how we think. We're supposed to be in the world, just not of the world. And that's what this is talking about. Don't be. Don't be of the world. How do you? How do you? How do you disconnect from this? This is part of the part of the challenge of how we live in a world that is lost in a world that's a world that's broken by the way there's a really good i've got i got just a couple of minutes and I, I, let me let me show you let's see if i could find if i can find the verses i don't know if they're going to be um, go with me to let's see um, genesis so start heading to Genesis. Um, uh, da, 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 I, I, okay, look with me at um, Genesis chapter twelve. I, we're, it's the illustration of Lot. 
It's a lot to it's a lot to fathom. I know, I know. Okay, so um, okay, uh, chapter thirteen. I'm gonna let's see if let's, okay. Here we are, chapter thirteen. So Abraham and Lot. By the way, I I think bringing Lot with him was was um, was a wrong move for Abraham. I'm not going. That's not the story. That's not the storyline right at the moment. But Abraham and Lot, their their men weren't getting along. Their flocks weren't getting along, and so Abraham says to Lot, "We have to separate." You know, we're gonna. You, we're, we aren't. Everybody, everything's not peachy keen. So you go one way, you choose, and I'm going to go the other way. Okay. So here's what happens: is, and, and here's, if, if we're talking about these three steps, this downward progression. So the first thing that you have in verse ten of of Genesis chapter thirteen. Lot lift, so the, here's the choice. You have to choose one way, and Abraham says, and I'm going to go the other way. So here's what Lot does. Lot lifted his eyes and saw all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, like the Garden of Eden, like the land of Egypt before you go to Zor. So here's the first step of Lot, is he looks and he sees what is what was the world he he is he is interested in 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 walking towards what is a beautiful place but what what was um decidedly anti god in their philosophy so he looks and he sees it's pleasant to the eyes by the way, this also has to do with 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 First John two sixteen, the lust of the flesh. Okay, so so that now in verse twelve, that's the first step. Here's the second step. Abraham dwelt in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain and pitched his tent even as far as Sodom. So now he not only is he has his his looked. But now he is just outside the door. He's, his tents are f- even facing Sodom. It's, there's an attraction to him. Then if you go to chapter... Chapter 19. Okay, this is where the angels rescue Lot. In chapter 19. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. So, long story short, sitting in the gate, is the, the gate is where the judges sat. It's where the mayor sat. It's where the town council did their business. The ancient, the ancient city gates, it's not just two doors that opened up, but there, this is where... This is where the political and economic center of the city was located, was in the gate. Okay. So when Lot is now sitting at the gate, that means he is part of the political infrastructure of the city of Sodom. So he has gone from just looking to being interested and now he is involved in the very heartbeat of, of the city. And so what I think Psalm, or Psalm 1-1 is, is, if you could illustrate Psalm 1-1 with the life of Lot. And Lot has gone from believing to behaving, and now he's one of them. The problem is Lot is such a wicked city that God is going to destroy it. Oh, Sodom. I'm sorry. Yeah. You knew what I meant. Thank you. Yeah. So here, here, is, here is Lot illustrating for us how do you get sucked into a world where all of a sudden now you find yourself... Now, was, was Lot a righteous man? 
He is called a righteous man in the New Testament. He's called a righteous man. Righteous Lot. That's that's that's, That's what he's described. What's that? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you, you know. So you have some New Testament commentary on this. But what you, but what you, what you have to understand though is Lot was not where he should be, doing what he should be, participating in what he should participate in. And so, the the blessed man needs to not do this because because the righteous man, a righteous man, can get sucked in. So blessed is the man who does not. So there's a negative. Okay, I go to stop. We're going to pick this up. We'll finish this. We'll finish this next week. I am. We didn't have prayer. That's okay. Pick up. Oh, okay. So... Uh, Lynn, when you...